Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Bonjour. Bonjour. (laughs) I'm so happy to be with you, joining with you from... uh, Deer Isle off the coast of Maine, and uh, it's a great rainy day here right now, And uh, but it's sunny in my mind. <laughs> and I'm so glad that we get to join together. Let's start with a prayer, a blessing. So we place our hand on our heart gratefully and thankfully, partnering up with the higher Holy Spirit self. So grateful for these beautiful teachings of A Course in Miracles that inspire us, lead us, and guide us to make higher choices, to live a life of profound love. We are grateful and thankful to open ourselves to unlimited, unprecedented, pure love and light. We are grateful and thankful to open ourselves to profound healing and transformation, and we are declaring our willingness to experience consistent happiness, to choose consistent happiness. We are grateful. We are grateful that it is our nature to love and be loved. It is our nature to open ourselves to all the loving choices, to see them, to recognize them, and to make these loving choices joyfully. So we're aligning with spirit. We're aligning with the divine. We're aligning with our true nature and our true identity and surrendering all that is false to the Holy Spirit for healing, no longer interested in suffering or being sad or feeling alone. We are grateful and thankful to recognize now is the time of our healing and we are choosing healing. We share the benefits of our healing with everyone because we're one with them. So grateful and thankful for the healing that is happening now. In gratitude, we let it be. And so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. Yes. (laughs) Thank you for praying with me today. Choosing consistent happiness is our topic this week. And it's something I sure do know about. And uh, in the workbook... If you look at Lessons 116 and 117, they're all about happiness. And God's will for me is perfect happiness. God's will is perfect happiness for me. I share God's will for happiness for me. God's will for me is perfect happiness. I share God's will for happiness for me. God being love is also happiness. Let me remember love is happiness and nothing else brings joy. God being love is also happiness. Let me remember love is happiness and nothing else brings joy. I love when Jesus is unequivocal, right? absolutely clear. So grateful and thankful that he makes it so clear. Let me remember, love is happiness and nothing else brings joy. This is the truth. This is our reality and we are grateful and thankful to know that it is so. We are grateful and thankful to claim our happiness now and forever. I feel it's so important that we claim our happiness, that we actually remind ourselves throughout the day that we can choose happiness, that happiness is a choice. This is the teaching of A Course in Miracles. If you think of the responsibility for sight, where it says, I am responsible for what I see, and I choose the feelings I would have, right? So we're choosing it. 
And it seems hard to believe that when we're annoyed and frustrated and upset and we think it's about what other people are doing or not doing, or we think it's about the world. So right now, as I'm broadcasting this, the coronavirus is has changed our lives in the United States, and everybody's got their own unique experience of it. And for some people being quarantined home alone, uh, having been laid off from their job or trying to, to homeschool their children while now working from home and all different kinds of things going on, it's very challenging. I know people who have a good life. They have plenty of money. They're retired. Uh, the, the, the issue is not their work. They're not homeschooling their children. None of those things are going on, but they're really, really struggling just being alone so much. And they're, they're really struggling with keeping their mind occupied. So, and other people, of course, are, uh, having loved ones who are very ill and that's terrifying and they can't go to them. And that's really upsetting. So there's all different kinds of experiences that people are having, right? People are grieving for the loss of the life that they had and people don't see how this is going to bring benefit in the future. For myself, I really, really do know that everything works together for my good, and it is my my mental health and my happiness depend upon me remembering always that everything works together for good and there are no exceptions. Let me make no exceptions. That's my job, to stop making exceptions and to hold the peace of God in my mind. And I work that every day because every day I find things that are irksome because they're just things that life offers us that it's not the way we thought it would be. And so people don't do what they say they were going to do. I forget to do the things I said I was going to do, right? This is our life. And so, and then of course... Uh, people have major experiences that seem like betrayals. Sometimes when someone dies, it seems like a betrayal. Someone, sometimes when there's a cancer diagnosis, it feels like the body has betrayed us. We find out that someone who had, had told us they were sober, they're not sober. We made decisions to... Uh, be involved with them based on their sobriety, and now we find out they've lied to us. These kinds of things happen all the time, and it is really a deep spiritual practice to say everything, 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 everything works together for my good, and I am not going to make any exceptions. I refused to make any exceptions. You know, in, in, in the manual for teachers, in chapter 4, in the trust section, uh, Jesus tells us that everything is for our learning. He warns us that there are going to be changes, right? There's going to be all kinds of changes. In fact, what, what he says, it's... Um, in, in the development of trust, in the very first paragraph there, and this is to me one of the most helpful sections in all of A Course in Miracles, the development of trust, chapter 4, Teacher's Manual, says we're going to go through a period of undoing, and it doesn't have to be painful, but usually people do experience it painfully. Because it seems as if the things that we love and need and like and want and that make our life good or we think will make our life good are being taken away from us. Because we have been clinging to things that are actually preventing us from being happy. 
right? Think of how um, uh, we can be so attacked. I'm thinking of the things that were taken away from me, like my cable TV was taken away from me when I lived in Los Angeles. Boom. The landlord said, you can't have that dish. Boom. Gone. In a day. And I was so upset about it. But then I realized, you know what? This is a sign from God. Stop watching TV. You know that there are too many times when you stay up late watching TV and there's no earthly reason that you need to watch that late at night. You can go to bed. You can watch it another time. What are you doing? You're self-medicating. You're punishing yourself. So what's going to happen is you're going to wake up in the morning. You haven't had enough sleep. You're going to feel hungover because usually when I was doing that, I was eating or drinking or smoking or doing other things that would contribute to me waking up feeling um, that I had trashed myself the night before to some degree, it doesn't matter on a scale of one to 10, doesn't matter if it's a one or a 10, it really doesn't matter. I had disrespected myself. I had been unkind to my body. I had sabotaged myself, right? This is why I do my challenge to end self-sabotage because it's a vicious cycle that had me for a long, long time. So many, many years. And I know it can be broken through spiritual practice. But you have to know, you have to do the spiritual practice, you know. So that's why I like to offer things where we can do the spiritual practice and have a healing. And so how can these things like staying up late and watching television, how can we recognize that this actually has no value for us? Unless it's taken away from us. We already know we're hurting ourselves with it. The various ways we self-sabotage. We already know we're hurting ourselves with it. Distracting ourselves. And hiding from the world. Playing small in a myriad of different ways. We already know that. Right? But we're still continuing to do it. So when things are taken away from us. Then it forces us. To look at it differently. It forces us to take a new look at it, to make a change. So this is what Jesus tells us here, that it is, it, we don't really get that when things are taken away from us, that it's helpful, and that initially this is the opportunity to realize, oh, that thing that was taken away, that cable TV whatever it is, that it had no value. Now, I, this is particularly challenging when we experience, um, uh, we have a deep, deep attachment to a person or an animal that is taken from us, either because they leave us or because they um, leave this world, right? And the thing is, usually when it's really, really intensely upsetting, we can recognize we have become identified with our role in that person or animal's life, that our identity has, is not as a spiritual being, but it's completely in relationship to this other being. And it's not that that's wrong or bad. It's just a way of learning. I think that is crucial for our happiness, is that we drop all the judgments for the things that we've labeled as mistakes, and instead we move into an awareness. I chose to learn about false idols in this way. I chose to learn about pain and suffering in this way. I chose to learn about attachments cravings, aversions in this way. So when things are taken from us, we can realize what's really going on, right? And it, it, what Jesus tells us is that these changes are always helpful. 
And as soon as we realize that these changes in our life, when things change, when there seems to be an experience of things being taken away, and we can realize and look at it and truly understand even a little bit that these changes are helpful, then we move on to the next stage of our learning. It's a huge opening, but we have to be willing to see things differently. There's no happiness without being willing to see things differently. God's will for me is perfect happiness. So when there's a sense of loss, of lack and limitation, devastation, if we can say to ourselves, God's will is perfect happiness for me. God's will for me is perfect happiness. Let me remember love is happiness and nothing else brings joy. And my heart can be filled with love even if that animal is no longer here, even if that person is no longer here, that being is no longer here. I can be filled with love and happiness. Because love and happiness really are not conditional. And in this this use of the word happiness, we're talking about joy. Joy is a spiritual quality of God that is not conditional. And so, if we can even hold the idea, the concept, if you will, the, the truth that we can live in joy... And the joy is unconditional. Just to hold that awareness in our mind is a healing. So, in Lesson 117, love is my heritage and with it joy. These are the gifts my Creator gave to me. I would accept all that is mine in truth. So, Lesson 117, the, 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 the practice is God being love is also happiness. And then in Lesson 18, today I will accept God's peace and joy in glad exchange for all the substitutes I've made for happiness and peace. So, we all know I could choose peace instead of this, instead of this anger, this irritation, this frustration, this sadness, this hurt, this jealousy. I could choose peace instead of this. I could choose happiness instead of this. You know, one of the the most brilliant things Jesus says in the workbook is, you don't have to believe it in order for it to work. Just have to do it. Just be willing. Because the truth is our nature. It's our true identity. Our mind knows the truth. It's buried under the veils and the defenses we've made against the truth. So when we affirm the truth, even if we don't believe it in that moment, we're causing a vibrational shift that will help us to wake up and remember the truth. Yeah. Now, one of the things in um, the text is chapter 30. It talks about the rules for decision, and I've done uh, other episodes on this. Really good, good, helpful teaching, rules for decision. So I encourage you to go look that up. And one of the things that uh, Jesus says in here, it's a powerful statement, Um, he says, so this is chapter 30, and he says, now you've reached the turning point because it has occurred to you that you will gain 
if what you've decided is not so. So we get to the point where we realize, okay, I decided these things are bad and these things are good. I've decided that these are the things that will make me happy and these are the things that will make me unhappy. We realize, oh, I'm the one who made all these decisions. I'm the one who made all these interpretations of things. I'm the one that's uh, put all the symbolism in here. I am the one who has made the meaning of this and that that is causing me so much uh, upset. So when we get to the point where we realize we're still doing it, but we realize it's my choice, right? Then we also realize, just what he's saying here, that we will gain if we are willing to recognize that our decisions about what is good and bad, right and wrong, and what will make us happy are not good decisions. They are not helpful. We are not right, right? If we can do that, right? For me, that's the moment Ebenezer Scrooge on Christmas morning when he's realized he made it through the night, he can change his life, it's Christmas morning, he didn't miss it, and he's he's alive. He still has the precious gift of life. He's not in the graveyard. He's not dead. It's not over. Game not over. He can make a change. And he's so delighted by that. He's dancing around his bare, bare, ugly bedroom and chanting to himself, I don't know anything. I don't know anything. I love that. I love that so much. Because that's me. That's us. Right, We can reach that point where we're dancing around going, I don't know anything. Still identified with the ego, right? But now we realize the ego-identified person doesn't know anything. But the spiritually-identified person has access to the one mind that knows everything, right? So this is what Jesus is saying. Now you've reached the turning point. Because it has occurred to you that you will gain if what you have decided is not so. It's not true. That's why it's not making you happy, because it's not true. And he says, until this point is reached, you will believe your happiness depends on being right. So how many times have each one of us argued, each one of us on this planet, have you and I, we have argued and argued and argued, if only in our mind, about being right. And we've gotten so upset when somebody thinks we're wrong or maybe we are wrong, uh, you know, and it's so upsetting. So if we can just say, my happiness does not depend upon being right. And and he says here, this much reason have you now attained. You would be better off if you were wrong, right? And we can realize that. So here's a, here's an example of how that works. Think about somebody in your life that you think hates you or dislikes you or is mean to you. Think of somebody in your life that you feel is bad and wrong. Would you be willing to accept that you would be better off if you were wrong about that person? That your happiness actually depends upon being wrong about that situation, that person. This is one of the ways we get to choosing consistent happiness. If I'm upset, I must be wrong. Why argue for it? Why argue for my upset? How many 
hours and days and weeks and months and years of my life did I spend arguing for my upset. So many, so many, not helpful to me, did not bring happiness. It's crazy. It's crazy and it's a closed loop system. So our willingness is all that's required. That's what gets us out of it. God being love is also happiness. Let me remember love is happiness and nothing else brings joy. So I'm going to make loving choices so that I can get back to happiness. And I'm going to be grateful, grateful, grateful that I can change my mind. Grateful, grateful, grateful that if I'm not happy, I must be wrong. So simple. So simple. We can do it. We are doing it. And now is the time to practice like nobody's business because this is the time that we are bringing on the golden age of enlightenment and it is happening now, not in the future, but right now. And it's time for me to take a break. I'm Jennifer Hadley. You are listening to A Course in Miracles on Unity Online Radio where we're living the love, we're walking the talk, And I'll be right back with more Course in Miracles. (laughs) Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. And we're back choosing consistent happiness. It's so important. It's so important. And just before I resume, I would like to let you know a couple of things that are coming up. And you can learn more, as always, at jenniferhadley.com. And uh, so my prayer power class series is, uh, we just started one class in so you could get the replay. Uh, It's a three-part class teaching you the power of prayer and how to pray effectively. And what I can tell you is that prayer has completely transformed my life. I really think it is the greatest tool that we have. Look, we are learners, and our function in this world is to forgive, to be happy learners, and there's no way that we can be those happy, happy, happy learners uh, without changing our mind, and prayer is this direct communication that we're having with Spirit, according to A Course in Miracles. It is a way for us to lay on the altar of God's love. Everything that we're hurting ourselves with, everything that we think we need, that we want. And prayer is a powerful, powerful tool that we can use to change our mind and change our life. And uh, in my year-long Masterful Living course, I do a series of classes uh, that I call Prayer Power. And so... Sometimes, I haven't done this in years, sometimes I open it up to people so they can just take the prayer power classes. So right now, Masterful Living registration is closed. It won't be open until next year. Uh, We start in January at the beginning. We start with January 1st, and so that's the next opportunity for Masterful Living. And I do do teach a tiny bit about prayer in Finding Freedom from Fear, my spiritual boot camp, which I will be offering in June. And I'm going to do uh, all new recordings of the classes. So that's a cool opportunity if you've never done Finding Freedom with me. And so here you can come and get these three powerful prayer power classes and... uh, that's available to you now. Also, in uh, June, I'm going to be, over the course of two weekends, doing my Stop Playing Small retreat, but I'm going to do it online because of circumstances now. We can't really gather together, um, and so we're going to do it online. 
and uh, over the course of two weekends. So I'll be uh, putting that out in the next day or so. And uh, those are my announcements. Also, I will say, if you find this podcast valuable, if you really do find it valuable, I would invite you to consider making a contribution because we're a nonprofit organization and we do the transcribing and all these things. You know, transcribing is thousands of dollars every year. And uh, we, do, we do the transcriptions of the prayers. Uh, we, for, for the hearing impaired, for people who have second languages, we have all kinds of, for whom English is a second language, we have all kinds of videos at YouTube of this broadcast where you can see uh, the words in English in closed captioning. And also uh, we have the prayers that way as well. So people can listen and pray, listen and uh, read the words, and it helps with their English and things like that. They can clearly understand uh, if they're uh, having hearing challenges they can just read along. Otherwise, there's no way for somebody who is deaf to be able to access any of this material, right? So much of what is offered in the world now in spiritual teachings is in uh, audio recordings. And if they're not transcribed, people don't have access to them. So that's why we do that. So there are many other things that we do. Free classes, we're doing the Sundays with Spirit now. We've got David Hoffmeister this Sunday. Uh, We've got Dove Fishman coming up. And um, I forget all. Karen J. Gardner, oh my God, I love her. If you listen to the two episodes I did with her in this podcast, you will be so happy to come and do Sundays with Spirit with her and me. And we're having a lot of fun with that. And you can look at the replays we've already done with James Twyman and Lisa Natoli and John Mundy and others. So all that's available at livingacourseofmiracles.com. So many, many things that... Uh, jenniferhadley.com and livingacourseofmiracles.com A a deep spiritual practice is how we change our heart and it's how we change our mind and it's how we get to happiness, right? There's no other way to have happiness without a consistent spiritual practice. And it's such a relief to give up unhappiness. So as I was saying before the break, it is a a breakthrough, it is a tipping point of sorts when we finally realize that being right is not helpful, that what is helpful is being loving, and that is what we can practice, right? Sometimes it feels like it doesn't come naturally, Uh Lesson 18, 118, God's peace and joy are mine. I will accept God's peace and joy in glad exchange for all the substitutes that I have made for happiness and peace. And we have made so many substitutes for happiness and peace. We truly have. And that's why we're unhappy, but we've forgotten that we can make Choices for happiness and peace. And here's the thing is, when we've made so many choices where we've argued that we're right and others are wrong, and we've done it in a way that's shaming and blaming and angry and hostile, and we're not taking responsibility for our feelings, we're not taking responsibility for what we see because we're shaming and blaming, then deep down, that unconscious guilt strengthens. Because deep down, in our true awareness, in our true identity, we know that it's a mistake to argue that we're right. There, and there's a difference between saying, 
like I'm in a situation now with someone where they they believe one thing about me and what I did and um I they have a total misperception so I don't need to defend myself and they have a misperception but I don't need to make them wrong right they have a misperception right they're looking at it through their historical lens of things so I can say oh I understand why you see it this way and this is the way it actually is so here's here's what actually is here are the photographs here's how it looks here's what happened this is what was done and I can totally see how you're interpreting the evidence in a different way but this is what actually occurred here it is and then boom, I don't have to make them wrong at all, right? It doesn't matter if they're misperceiving. And that's, and that's their choice. I'll present them with the facts and they can make their choice. But my happiness doesn't need to come and go. It doesn't need to depend on their perceptions and whether or not they're willing to accept what actually occurred and the facts. My happiness does not have to depend on that. But it frequently does when we have a low opinion of ourselves. When we think badly of ourselves, then what other people think about us really, really matters. But when we love ourselves and accept ourselves as we are, what other people think of us is not that important, right? There's that well-known saying, uh, what other people think of me is none of my business. And it's, it's just helpful to remember that. And it's helpful to remember that when we are defending ourselves, I was talking about this recently over a couple of weeks of this podcast, I believe, saying that when we're defending ourselves, what we're really doing is secretly we're excusing our attack because we really wish to attack and we're justifying our attack by defending ourselves. We can't do these kinds of things and hope to be happy. It's just not possible. The only way to be consistently happy is to be consistently loving. And that is within our ability. So I was talking about this in Masterful Living recently that because the I think the most asked question I get is how do I remember to make these loving choices? How do I remember to love myself? How do I remember that when I'm upset, it's never for the reason I think. It's an opportunity to choose healing. How do I remember to choose healing? Variations on this question of how do I remember are the number one question that I get. And I'll be curious to ask David Hoffmeister if I get a chance on Sunday, what uh, what is his most common commonly asked question? Um, and so, the answer to that, as I know it and have experienced it and have helped others to remember to practice, is you make a point every day that this is the first thing that you do in the day is you declare your willingness to practice. You invite Jesus in. A Course in Miracles says, just say, you decide for me. You decide for me. You decide what I'm going to eat. You decide where I'm going to go. You decide what I'm going to say. You decide. And now that scares a lot of people. Because the idea of thy will be done the idea of God's will being done is scary to them. Right? So, that loss of control is scary. Control is an illusion. 
as Jesus reminds us, we do not know what will make us happy. So let us stop thinking that we do. For God's sake. That's one of the best teachings in in the workbook. Stop thinking you know what will make you happy. You have no clue, girl. No clue at all. So, there are times, and you might be going through something like this now, where you're grasping at something that you think will make you happy. Could be a person, could be a job, could be your health, could be a situation. What if you were willing to know the truth, which is that situations and circumstances don't really make us happy? When we are happy and it's circumstantial, what's really going on is that we're giving ourselves permission to be happy temporarily because temporarily we believe we have what we want. And so temporarily there is a a break from wanting. And the break from wanting, whether it's an hour or a day or a week, that little break from wanting allows us to experience more of our natural state. But the wanting, craving, needing of things and people and circumstances and situations to be different never will lead us to happiness. It's a complete illusion. Happiness comes from one thing and one thing only, and it's choosing love. That is the only thing. Let me remember, this is Lesson 117, let me remember love is happiness and nothing else brings joy. And so I choose to entertain no substitutes for love. I seek what belongs to me in truth. Love is my heritage and with it joy. These are the gifts my father gave to me, already been given, you see. I would accept all that is mine in truth. God being love is also happiness. So teach only love, for that is what you are. God being love is also happiness. Teach only love, for that is what you are. God being love is also happiness. Teach only love, for God is what you are. God being you is also happiness. You being love is also happiness. See how God being love, you can substitute the word love for God and God for love. And because we are one with God, teach only love for that is what we are. God is love. Teach only God for that is what you are. Teach only love for God is what you are. So, for me, one of the habits that brings happiness is consistently is when there's a sense of unhappiness, a disturbance of any kind whatsoever, irritation, frustration, jealousy, whatever it could be, that's the opportunity to practice being loving. And our willingness is all that's required. It's the only thing. Not one other thing is required because everything has already been given to us, right? Love is my heritage and with it joy. These are the gifts my Father already gave to me. I accept all that is mine already, that's already been given me. These are the practices that transform our life and willingness is all that's required. <laughs> you know, and, and of course, unworthiness is our biggest issue, right? The unworthiness that is part of the unconscious guilt. And when we choose to attack ourselves and others, whether we say it out loud or not, we are activating that unconscious guilt, and there's no way to be happy. So the antidote is love, choosing love. 
Now, many, many times we don't know how to choose love. We're so irritated. We're so frustrated. We're so worried and afraid. So that's when we can actually go to Spirit and say, Okay, Spirit. Okay, Jesus. Okay, Higher Holy Spirit Self. Okay, God. I'm freaking out down here. Right? I'm freaking out here in this world. I'm really upset. I'm really angry. I'm really hurt. I'm really sad. I'm really depressed. I'm really sick. I'm freaking out down here. And I am willing to change my mind. I am willing to know the truth. I am willing. You know how to do this. Spirit, you know the way. Holy Spirit, you know the way. Show me now. I am willing. I am willing. Show me now. Make it plain. Show it in my heart. Show it in my mind. Show it in my life. I'm listening. I'm listening now. I'm ready to listen now. Now is the time. And listen. Now, sometimes we don't want to listen because we're attracted to this vibration of unhappiness because it's crazy as it sounds, it's our comfort zone. This is one of the things we look at in Masterful Living. What is the vibration or tone or attitude or belief system that you grew up with? Right, The vibration in your home when you were growing up. For a lot of people it was anger. For a lot of people it was sadness. For some people it was hurt. For some people it was worry or guilt or blame or shame. Sometimes it's a cocktail of a few of those things. Depending on what the mood of your caregivers were, your parents, your grandparents, the people who raised you. And we keep it going because it's so familiar. It feels like home to us. So we recreate it wherever we go. I'm thinking of Tom Petty's song, You Don't Have to Live Like a Refugee. Right? Remember that song? You don't have to live like a refugee. You're not a refugee anymore. You're not living in your parents' house anymore. Maybe some of you are, but you can shift it. And some people, like in this moment right now, I'm at our house in Maine, and I'm here alone. This is the house my parents built. They lived in it for many years. And actually, they had it as a second home for many years, intending to move to it later. And when it was their second home, I lived here by myself for a couple of years. And uh, one of the things that I've done in this house is to raise the vibration and shift the vibration through prayer, through lots and lots of prayer, through my spiritual practice, and through my intention to be a loving presence here on this land. This land, there we have acreage with forest, it's a house in a forest on the ocean, on a cove off the ocean. You can actually see pictures of it. We, I have an ad for renting it. It's rented a lot of the time, but uh, we have an ad for renting it on jenniferhadley.com there um, on the um, events page. You can see that ad. If you're just curious about where I am, you can go and look at pictures of it. And uh, I, I do post pictures of it on Facebook and Instagram and things like that from time to time. I should do that. Maybe I'll do that later. <laughs> so we can shift the vibration of our environment through prayer 
It's very powerful. We can use Ho'oponopono, right? If you know the teachings of Ho'oponopono, we study them in Masterful Living. Um, It's the Hawaiian forgiveness prayer. I'm sorry, please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. I always start it with, I love you. And E. Haleakale Hugh Lin, Dr. Hugh Lin, who gave these teachings to the Western world, he would use the practice of Ho'oponopono on buildings to great effect. To great effect. So we can transform the vibration of the environment. This is important work. You can think of Dr. Emoto's work with polluted lakes and rivers, changing the vibration, changing the very cellular structure of the water molecules. We can do these things because remember, teach only love for God is what you are. Your mind is the mind of God. You, we, Our mind is the mind of God. We share the infinite mind of God. So we are only subject to what we hold in our mind. I am responsible for what I see, and I choose the emotions, the feelings that I would have. Herein lies happiness and consistent happiness. Consistently taking responsibility. So no blame triggering unconscious guilt when we take responsibility. It's a tall order. And that's why we have A Course in Miracles study groups and we gather together to support each other. And speaking of support, I'd like to give a big thanks to all the people who support this podcast, this radio broadcast Thank you for your donations and contributions. They make so much possible for us, and I am so grateful to be able to share with you now. Thank you, thank you. And also thank you to all the people who write reviews, because then more people are shown the podcast when people are searching. Uh, The number of reviews makes a difference, so thank you. And let us pray. So we're grateful and thankful to open our hearts and open our minds to the power of love and true happiness. We are willing. And so we're in this partnership with Spirit. We're allowing it to be. And so it is. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Have a great rest of your week. Mwah.